Impact Wrestling. The previous two were under the auspices of uh, TNA, and this one was an Impact show. And it, it was, as all Knockouts Knockdowns are, women's wrestling featuring all the roster, plus a few more people that they've pulled in from outside the company, and at least one person called aside from this show. And for those of you who keep score, it's Impact Wrestling without the men, so it's a massive improvement. In my eyes, anyway. I don't know how Marcus Green of Baton Rouge, Louisiana, feels about this. What about you, Marcus? Yeah, I'm kind of, I'm kind of right there with you. Kind of, you know, kind of get some of that uh, testosterone out the way and uh, kind of let these women do what they do best. You know, one of the pillars in this company. And uh, like, yeah, like you said, previous shows was under the Impact banner. And I think Gail Kim said on the show they hadn't done it in like what three years. So. Um, came back and I thought they, they put together a really solid show with some really great talent across the board. Yeah, definitely. This was a, this was um, an intriguing piece of work as far as this show was concerned. Uh, the show quite rightly opened with a tribute um, to Scream Queen Daphne, as you know, uh, former WCW, Ring of Honor, uh, and Impact Wrestling wrestler, manager, personality, uh, Fairy godmother to an awful lot of women on this particular roster, um, especially Jamie Senegal, who uh, did declare her as a mom on several occasions. Um, she's, she will be sadly missed as a wrestling personality and had an incredible effect on the women in this industry. What are your favorite memories of Daphne, Marcus? And how do you think, what's her impact on Impact Wrestling? If you'll pardon the pun. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's, it's, um, this is beautiful to see. Um, she's been getting tributes across the industry, and rightfully so. Uh, but this really felt like a uh, direct, you know, straight up and down to her uh, from a company that she, you know, had a had a lot of um, strides and, you know, specifically building building that division of what it, you know, what it is today. I mean, my my memories are going back and watching, you know, footage of her during the time and impact and just seeing that, you know, she just she really just stood out, you know, like kind of like you know we get with entities like Rosemary and such today and and obviously you know we've got Kong and others she seemed like a very, very much the start of what we we see in a lot of women today which I think this show was a great representation of and seemed like she was fearless and she had a handle on her character and she really could do just really anything you know so um find out that she you know not only was a great talent but a really great person that helped a lot of people you know that that's that's even better um, and obviously it's sad, you know, with everything that, that happened. Um, but, you know, I think her impact, no pun intended, as you said, um, you know, it, it's, it's timeless because, you know, the uh, impact is on the women that, that continue to carry the torch the right way. So, you know. Yeah, definitely. We'll move on then to our first match, which was Impact Regular, Rachel Ellering taking on Lady Frost in the first round of the Knockouts Knockdown Tournament. This match lasted for 11 minutes and 54 seconds and was a bit of a corker. I'm a big fan of Rachel Ellering. I'm a big fan of Lady Frost. 
Um, and it was kind of like the person who's had a long-standing, um, what's the word, uh, reputation uh, and Rachel Ellering as far as her form working WWE and being a big name on the independent circuits versus the very much up and coming Lady Frost, the coolest wrestler around as she calls herself. I'm a big fan of both these women. And this was the kind of match that this show needed to get kicked off. It was a eight woman uh, knockout tournament. And this was really, really good. And I really enjoyed it. What were your thoughts on this one, Marcus? The same as you. Um, it's been cool to see Rachel Ellering. Obviously, I got introduced to, uh, to her going to stand WWE, but she, she like the now knockouts champion, has really grown since then and, and has come to impact where she's been a really feels like allowed to come into her own in all aspects. Also, she got to show a lot more singles in ring uh, prowess, you know, that she's capable of, you know, tonight. I mean, on this show, um, but it's really cool that she really getting to feel like living all the aspects of who she wants to be as a as a performer. Lady Frost, like you said, is a young up and coming person with a lot of talent. I thought they clashed well here, and I also thought this match set a really great tone, specifically with this tournament for what we was going to get throughout the show. So like you said, it was a corker and a, a really cool way to kick off the show. Yeah, definitely. It was, um, it's been, uh, it was, it was a really nice match as well. Um, I like Lady Frost style. She may be the grass great export of the Shikara Dojo. Um, and that would be a noble kind of, um, what's the word? Legacy for that particular dojo, which didn't have the greatest of histories as far as personal responsibility was concerned but as far as producing talent it was certainly great um next match up was chelsea green versus renee michelle again two people who have had a lot of work and fame elsewhere eight minutes and 28 seconds this match kind of had a lot of wwe nxt feel to it if that makes sense even though we know chelsea green really made her name in impact wrestling um though she kind of did nxt twice <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, 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 Chelsea Green's had a longer career than you think. I mean, I remember back in the day listening to um, the squash and um, people there going nuts for Chelsea Green when she was on NXT one, the original like elimination NXT, um, and then she left, and then she went to Impact Wrestling, became a big star there, went back to WWE, and left again. Um, without really being used at all. She essentially got paid to have two years off and hang out with her, with her boyfriend. And, uh, and now she's back and doing the things she should be doing. And she's doing it really, really well, but not just for, for uh, Impact Wrestling, also for the NWA and for Ring of Honor as well. Um, and, of course, she won the, um, the, the Women's Championship Cup uh, in the tournament they had there at, uh, sorry, the Battle Royal, wasn't it? She won the Battle Royal Cup at the NWA Empower, which was really cool to see. And, and, and I think as well, Empower had a big influence on this event. Mickey James saw an awful lot of things. Well, I think Impact Wrestling saw an awful lot of things that went on in Empower and uh, kind of used it as a, uh, a training ground, if you see, or a scouting mission for this particular show. Obviously, Chelsea Green and Renee Michelle. In fact, Renee Michelle was on the Empower show as well. Um, are two well-known wrestlers, but yeah, it was this was an interesting match. I don't think it was as good as the first one, but it kind of set Green up in good st- stakes, really. What are your thoughts on this one, Marcus? Yeah, again, I'm kind of with you. This really didn't really uh, live up to the 
to the first match. You know, I've um, got a lot of respect for Chelsea Green and everything that she's been through. We've really got to see her ups and downs in terms of trying to get a real uh, footing in a, in a particular place. Obviously, like you said, she tried multiple WWE stunts, uh, stints, if you will. And um, it's only so far she's going to be allowed to go there. I mean, they, they got their sights set on who they want to consistently promote, and she is not in that particular number. So, um, like I said, she got paid for a few years off. And even though I've not really ever been the biggest fan, I definitely respect what she did with that hot and this character just because of the commitment. I always appreciate <laughs> a form of commitment, like kind of how Cody did with that Stardust character, which really was a thankless job. Um, but yeah, it's it's cool to see you know her back and like you said, don't she don't. But it, it's ironic that you brought up her style because I was talking with somebody else about this. Her and Zach got that same thing where they really wrestle a clear, stated kind of WWE style, and it sticks out in places like Impact and like Ring of Honor and stuff like that. Because it's, yeah. it's and I think John mentioned this on 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 the show we did. Um, how impact kind of feels more like a like a indie almost, where it's it's more of a you know free based thing. It, but you know when you've been doing something for so long, I guess it's kind of hard to break those old habits. But uh, it was cool to see Renee Renee do her thing. Um, hadn't gotten as much of her to see as I would have liked in uh, previous times. But uh, she's she's uh, she's getting better too. Yeah. But like you said, I don't think it touched the. But it, it was cool. <laughs> it yeah it's it what it, it was it it did what it said on the tin it needed to get Chelsea Green over and I'm surprised Renee Michelle hasn't got more of a push because she has the look and the ability and the facial expressions it's just that she never seems to catch on anywhere yeah and that's the thing and a lot could be said for Brandy Lauren who was in the next match as well but seems to have found a home in Impact Wrestling she didn't find a home in this match though. Mercedes Martinez destroyed her in two minutes and nine seconds, which was a bit wrong, in my opinion. <laughs> oh, fair yeah. on, I like Brandy Lauren. I I kind of like wish that her. I understand like she has to sell her OnlyFans page, etc. <laughs> um, um, and that's the reason why she isn't in character when she's online. Um, and it's like, oh, it's all non kayfabe and stuff. But having said that, you know. Uh, all the other character style wrestlers, Impact Wrestling, who do the similar kind of things, uh, are, are also all online. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah. Uh, but anywho, um, yeah, Marti- Mercedes Martinez, who is an absolute god of women's wrestling in North America. Um, if you haven't seen her uh, wrestle, you need to. And what have you been looking about at? Um, she had the time in, in NXT where she made a big splash, and I absolutely do not understand why you do not keep someone like Mercedes Martinez on your books. It seems like a false economy because she's that good, and she will make everybody else um, in your company that good. So why are you not using her right now and then making a bunch of people look amazing whilst they learn a lot, um, and then you know, allowing them to go conquer the world. Um, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's um, yeah, it's interesting. Not and I support anybody, you know, with, with side hustles because wrestling is not necessarily as profitable when you're not a, a big name consistently. Um, and honestly, the pandemic has forced everybody to, you know, put their hands in multiple pots. But um, 
I've seen Brandy Long before, and I thought, I think, like you said, we both know she can turn it up into a gear, but I think she was kind of pigeonheaded by the, you know, that undead gimmick and the fact that this really was kind of like a statement match that let you know what Martinez was going to be bringing for the rest of the of the night, and that didn't necessarily ball for a lot of time for Brandy to really get her stuff in, if you will. So. No, that's the thing. There's a lot of a lot of fit to fit in this particular pay per view, which is the reason why it was two minutes and nine seconds long. Next up was Tasha Steeles and Jamie Senegal, 11 minutes and four seconds. I love Tasha Steeles. I love Jamie Senegal, and this was a heavenly professional wrestling match, as far as I was concerned. This was great. I loved it. I love watching these two go. It was the first time I'd seen an awful lot of Jamie Senegal. I saw her on Effie's Big Gay Brunch last year that me and Chelsea looked at. I've seen her in various other places as well. So this was the first time watching her on a big production pay-per-view. And obviously, Tasha Steeles, I don't want to dis- um, uh, bring down her part in it, but we're talking an awful lot about her later because she won. <laughs> so we'll talk about Tasha probably a bit later on. But Jenny Senegal was fantastic, and this match worked really, really well. What are your thoughts on this one, Marcus? Again, like mine, man, huge fan of Tasha Steeles. Loved everything with her and fire and flavor. Uh, but now she's getting to kind of do a thing on her own. It's great to see. Um, this is my introduction to Jamie Senegal. Um, and, and really cool to see also, you know, representation matters. Um, mm-hmm. And she's a hell of a performer. And, and her and Tasha, I thought, clashed really well. And it'd be cool to see her more in Impact. Um, but, yeah, this was, like you said, this was a really great outing for, for both parties. Yeah, definitely. It, it worked really, really well. Um, and uh, hopefully... Um, Jamie Senegal gets more of a, a run out somewhere else uh, or at least a, gets a call back from Impact Wrestling because I think a lot of people did really well with this um, as far as like the way that they uh, developed um, on the show and yeah it was really really good alright then we move up to next arguably the best women's wrestler in North America right now Diana Perrazzo your Impact Wrestling Knockouts champion and your Triple A Reina Starreas champion. And she defeated Masha Slamovich in 12 minutes and one seconds. This was pretty brutal, as most Masha Slamovich matches were. She didn't get a ton of offense in, and I kind of found that a bit weird. But then I realized that she's, you know, Perrazzo is trying to get herself over as the, the best in the business. And Slamovich's offense is all about explosions, so she needs to work from underneath. And it was perhaps, as much as these two are great wrestlers, it was kind of a mixed mash of styles that didn't quite work the way I hoped they would do, because I love both of these wrestlers. And for me, it was exceptional work, but I kind of would like to see Masha have a bit more shine. Um, having said that, it was really, really good. Um, probably easily the best match on the card, and that was down to the fact that both of them were exemplary workers. Um, Slamovich is an uh, interesting character. She wrestles in North America. She is Russian. She is a genuine Russian as opposed to a wrestling Russian. <laughs> and she wrestles in America, America a lot. Um, and she's wrestled in Japan a lot. During lockdown, she was locked down in the Marvelous Dojo working on the Chigasaw Nagayo. And if you survive the Marvelous Dojo, you are tougher than a junkyard dog. So uh, she's amazing. She's got to the point where she's having in big independent cards named after her. There was Borsch at the beach where and Sienna brawled into the surf uh, a couple of weeks ago. 
So she's kind of got a lot of momentum about it. She's done AEW Dark. She's one of the people that's going to have something cool happening within the next 12 months, I think. And Diana Perrazzo is Diana Perrazzo. She is, you know, Impact Crown Jewel and the main reason to watch the show, in my opinion. What's your thoughts on this one, Marcus? Yeah, certainly, you know, definitely one of the, uh, if not, like you said, the best match of the night. Um, and the class of styles was an interesting uh, comment that you made because I did feel that. Also, like you, like you said, Deanna is, is technical and, and uh, Masha, who is great to, to hear that she's a legit Russian because you can't, uh, <laughs> you don't get that uh, historically. Um, but, you know, I, this was my introduction to her and I thought she was great. She stands out in every sense of the way. And uh, what would happen later on in the night was, was well deserved. Um, but but it's interesting that you you talk about the Clash of Styles because I wonder now I wish we could have gotten in some kind of way like Masha in the tournament and see her running a Mercedes to see yeah. what kind of that I had. I got that thing there would have been a like you say a corker, um, certainly a Smash Mouth type of st- uh, deal. But um, yeah, this was still good. Like you said, it, it's kind of hard for the. I mean, Deanna's coming to own in a way like I, I remember seeing her as this shy young kid like coming to, through the, the the may young tournament uh some years back so to yeah. see what she's now it's like night and day it's really cool to see because she's really taking this thing um like you said made herself must see so this was really really uh cool to see she actually posted a picture of herself when she was 18 years old on on twitter the other day yeah, i saw that like half the size she is now. <laughs> yeah you know she's like she is a um, monster wrestler. And, you know, she it, also this match is kind of the interesting, like, she is a disciple of the Rip Rogers School of Professional Wrestling. You know, the guy that taught her was a student of Rips, and he teaches Rips um, curriculum straight down the line. And Slamovich comes from a much more sports-orientated background. She's an amateur wrestler. She, her professional style has developed from her shoot fighting ability and you know she had that time in japan where obviously that's a very specific style so it was intriguing to see how those two work together um and yeah i've watched these two wrestle all day long and twice on sundays so yeah really really cool next up was mercedes martinez yet again going into the second round where she defeated rachel ellering in 12 minutes and 30 seconds of again another brilliant match this if there was any, any complaints about anything on this show is that things were too short. Yeah. <laughs> like if you could just stretch it out to 15 minutes, guys, that would have been that would have given things room to breathe a little bit. It always felt like gotta move forward, gotta move forward, gotta move forward. And yeah, it was it was nothing wrong with it. It just kind of like could have done with a bit more, if you'll pardon the pun again, but impact just by slowing things down and giving people pace. Like, you know, if you look at a shimmer show which has pretty much very similar talent on it. The matches are a lot longer. There's less time spent on promos, which I know is not what a mainstream audience wants, but it does make the matches feel a bit more important when they go that little bit longer, if that makes sense. What do you think of this one? Absolutely. I think this was a runner-up uh, behind the, the, the last one. Um, but I think that's going to be an ongoing thing, like you said, like because a lot of times when the ending came, you felt like it was another gear to hit, and they just didn't do it. Yeah. Um, and I feel like, because I, I saw this on Twitter, Rachel got, like, some comments from fans, like, they were really, like, bigging her up because they felt like they finally got to see her go on her own, because it's it's kind of, 
it's kind of easy to kind of see somebody as uh, in a certain space when they're tagging with somebody all the time, specifically with somebody like Jordan Grace. So the, for them to see her really, you know, get into her own bag, if you will, and, and, and really go against somebody like Mercedes and show what she has was cool. But I do think there was another gear for them to go to and obviously, you know, a longer match. Well, this one and the last one, I think for both of us could have went uh, practically 20 minutes apiece. Um, but uh, yeah, this this was this was another one, and, and a great respect shown between both of them, and and I, I really do like the the story that Mercedes. And, and to your point, with the Shimmer having longer matches and promos, Mercedes is very much one of those ones who can knock you out with a promo, but she's also tells stories with her matches because, and then she probably could have pinned Ella Ring, but um, I think it was Scott that mentioned it on commentary. She didn't. She wanted to make a tap uh, to continue. Yeah. Uh, continuing to send a statement to an opponent for later on. So, uh, but a great sign of great sign of respect shown between the both of them, man, and, and specifically from a Mercedes, who kind of she sets the tone. You know, she's the legend, um, one of the legends on this show, and uh, you know a lot of these women very much look up to her. So for them to even be able to get in the ring with her and tussle like they are, pretty sure was a really great great honor. So that was cool. Yeah, to see. I think so. I mean, it's I remember watching me and Chelsea looked at. Shimmer show. It was my sh- yeah, it'd been Shimmer. And um, Mercedes and Cheerleader Melissa were tag team champions at the time. And you could just tell the way they got in the ring, the way they presented themselves, they were wrestling royalty. They looked like uh, uh, Nick Bockwinkle and Ray Stevens did back in the 70s. It's like signed Semper Presence, you know, like, and now God's roaming shoe. It was like that. And Martina still has that kind of presence. She just stands there and you're like, oh, she's good <laughs> before you even start a match. So, you know, uh, for someone like Rachel Ellering, who is kind of a similar stature, but a bit younger, this was yeah. an important match for her to make a good showing. And she did. And, you know, this was, um, you're right. Jordan Grace is kind of a person that sucks the air out of the room in one sense, um, as far as like just her presence and just her ability to, you know, take control of a narrative as far as just being in the space is concerned. And Ellery's come along and really shone in that environment. And now she's showing she can shine somewhere else. And that's really important to the future of her career. Yeah. Yeah. Next up was Tasha Steeles and Chelsea Green um, in the next semi final match, which wasn't as eventful in a pure wrestling sense, which you didn't really expect to, to, from these two. Not to say it was bad, it was. Pretty entertaining, and it was fun stuff. Though Chelsea playing the, to the crowd a little too much as the ultimate babyface in this particular company uh, didn't come off well for the end result for her, <laughs> which is amazing because in GCW she's the most hated woman by far. And and, and my, a lot of that might just be by association. Oh, did you not hear what happened in GCW last week? No. So Cardona dropped the internet title to Effie, yeah. And then um, they had a match for the championship and um, Ali Catch came out to help Effie um, and Cardona sent them both tumbling to the floor. Or got, I, think she got, I think he got rid of Ali Catch. And then this masked hooded figure came to the ring and low-blowed Effie while the ref wasn't looking. So Cardona got the internet title back and it turned out to be Chelsea Green. Imagine that. <laughs> yeah, that's always I like how a lot of our shows are kind of turning into like like uh 
quick GCW catch up. Because <laughs> I just GCW is a specific type of uh, audience. I don't necessarily think caters to me, but I appreciate the stuff that they're doing. Attempting <laughs> to integrate, um, I guess the 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 alternative of bringing somebody like a like a Cardona in who is not this the type of person that that crowd likes. But uh, just got to be careful, man, because that crowd is is not your probably not your safest crowd to be. But they're getting buzzed. They're getting buzzed from it for sure. Oh, so. the, well, they'll, they'll have plenty to deal with tonight because tonight's main event is Nick Gage versus Minoru Suzuki. Oh man, it's about this. Uh, I could just all I can see is endless amount of ice packs. <laughs> ice and Z packs. <laughs> ice. ice. Ice and stitches all around. <laughs> oh man, that that's gonna be something else. It's like you know, I I don't buy I don't buy every UCW show, but oh god, Suzuki versus Nick Gage, you've got to see that, haven't you? This is a once in a lifetime opportunity. <laughs> I'm definitely gonna look that up because you you know somebody mentioned it. Um, listen to a podcast. They was uh they're saying like I don't think people are really a lot of the general audience who's not really ingrained in like the the people who are the real hitters in wrestling. They yeah. don't understand the importance that we get in Suzuki like this right now. No, and he because, seems invigorated by it as well. Yeah, I mean that's that's really been great to see. Um, but doing this because we still, you know, doing this pandemic thing, we know how strict Japan has been. Um, you know, for as ferocious as he still is, he is an an aging wrestler, and you know who knows how much longer we're gonna have him. So to have him in this capacity, consistently going as many places as he is going, and, yeah. and doing it's it's a really special thing that you know i think me you and so many others can appreciate but the, the broader audience just sees this this guy who is you know they hear you know that they get to see come in and go against guys that they're in love with like like danielson oh like these are like the g1 matches given to the american yeah that's it i mean like in the space of a week you wrestled daniel brian danielson last thursday he wrestled Chris Dickinson last night for New Japan Strong, and he wrestles um, Nick Gage tonight. And then he goes to the Impact Wrestling TV tapings on Monday. <laughs> Man, the same year we get Jay White and Minoru in Impact. Jesus. Ooh, dear. Kill them all, my son. But anyway. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I guess back to this match. I mean... I love Tasha. Like you know, that was a, it was a, it was a fine match. I'm just I'm just glad she won because I was literally thinking it was gonna go the other way just because of the role Chelsea has been on in certain instances. Yeah. Um, but I, I really think this was a really important building block this entire show for Tasha because you know in in past regimes had they you know seen fine flavor break up she falls practically into obscurity. But this was a really good show building towards a, a, a solo rise potentially to a, a knockout championship one day but uh yeah this was uh this this was good this was good i, I think so i mean it's kara hogan was such a long-term bet for the company and they put so much into her and i was kind of surprised to see her leave but then again what else could she do she'd been there for a while she'd done all the things she could possibly do you either stay put and get pigeonholed as a knockout or you try something else i don't think the trying something else has worked out for her yet but i think it will um but yeah no it's, this is the thing though mean, she's gone from being the way up on the totem pole and impact of being right at the bottom in aw and kind of like 
going back to Indies and trying to build a, a reputation again. Um, so we'll see what happens with her. But yes, uh, I think it was at this particular point we had um, a guest appearance from. Who was it? It was a guest appearance. It was uh, Awesome Kong's um, yeah. uh, induction into the announcement of the induction into the Hall of Fame for Awesome Kong, which was really, really cool. But I can't remember who introduced it now. Oh, it was Christy Hemi, wasn't it? Yeah. Yes. yeah. <laughs> Christy Hemi came back to Impact Wrestling for the first time in a long time. And uh, yes, Awesome Kong, or Amazing Kong, if you're a fan of her Joshi period, will be inducted into the Impact Wrestling Hall of Fame. A well-deserved award for a woman who helped change professional wrestling in Japan and helped change professional wrestling in North America and how to accept that you can have monster heels and you can have African-American women doing amazing things on your television program and just women in general doing amazing things on your television program. Awesome Kong versus Gail Kim is arguably the signature Impact Wrestling feud. You can talk about Joe and Angle, Joe and Kurt Angle all you want, but it was Gale and it was Kong who made that company as two Impact Originals, in my humble opinion. I don't know what you think about that, Marcus. No, you're 1,000% right. I mean, Kong is a pillar not only certainly in, in Impact, but in, in the industry in general. That that particular few didn't just define Impact at a time and define a, a, a generation and show women. That they what a heart of the the real women's uh, ever revolution, whatever the narrative is. Um, they, <laughs> whatever the narrative is this week that they're spotting. But they were the heart of it. You know, this is why they put so many eyes on Impact as a place where women could come and do nothing but do what, you know, giving to God, giving Tanner, which was getting that ring and show out, you know. Um, and I always love how much um, reverence it gets, not only from obviously uh gail and, and and kong but you know women in the company you know women that have come from other companies like look i went elsewhere but they're the reason why i wanted to do this in the first place because i saw them and i'm like this is incredible so uh i thought they you know it was really great seeing christy hemi uh back in the impact zone we've gotten a lot of returnees this year um Cool to see her introduce her. I mean, I thought they put together a really beautiful highlight package. And um, Kong coming in, just really pouring her heart out and thanking the fans, but also giving a lot of credence to somebody like Daphne, who was another um, standard bearer in the industry. It was just really cool to see. And again, while you might not feel, while you might feel a way about a lot of some of the names in the particular uh, class, Impact has probably the most legit. Um, Hall of Fame com- to me compared to elsewhere where so many of the, the picks and narratives are so questionable but uh, you can't argue with a name they put in in their Hall of Fame no and definitely not they, they, they match up to the people that have been important to the company and that's really the whole point isn't it yeah, yeah. right then where are we uh, yes next to wrestling next up was a Monsters Ball match featuring Savannah Evans Alicia Edwards, Jordan Grace, and Kimberly in 10 minutes and four seconds. This felt a lot longer than 10 minutes and four seconds. Are you sure it wants half an hour? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, in a good way, yeah. I'm into this match, you know, this is like, oh, wow, this is going to be cool. The only issue I don't, I have with this style of match is because traditionally the Monsters Ball match has been a big build up and you hook it around a story about two wrestlers. 
obviously, you know, Abyss was the guy that made the Monsters Ball match. Um, but uh, you you kind of build it up against two wrestlers, so it seemed a bit pointless. <laughs> Why are you doing this? Um, yeah. Go on, Marcus, sorry. Yeah, no, I was just going to say, I think it was, I think it was just like a, a, as a memorial to Daphne, which I get. Um, yeah. And there was a story from a point of... <laughs> You know, I, I, I love Alicia Edwards. I just want nothing but good things for, for Alicia. She's always around and always uh, getting in where she fits in. And I think she's come a long way in terms of building her character on the show. Um, but her going after, I think it was what, Kimberly for um, Swingerella number two. <laughs> uh, putting out uh, Kenny and Kendra, the Kendo sticks. That was great. And Jordan going against Savannah, I thought was a. You know, you have the horses go after each other, and obviously Lish carrying her thing with Kimber. I thought it was cool, but like you said, the the Monsters Ball has traditionally been for, I guess it's, I guess a form of Hell in a Cell when you're trying to build to the climax of a few. Yeah, yeah, it was, it's it, it's it's Impact Cage Match, isn't it, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The traditional like feud ender was always the cage, so this one seems to be, you know, the feud ender in Impact is always Monsters Ball or um, Paul Metal Mayhem, and. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's I, I I mean, it as well. It's just like people forget Kimberly's hardcore kind of roots. She used to wrestle Chris Dickinson on a regular basis. I've seen her rocket launch with a power bomb from one side of the ring to the other, mm-hmm. and she got up. <laughs> you know, she yes, Princess Kimberly, the the nice little ballerina in in Shikara, she was true, but also she's a hardcore warrior. So watching her do this stuff was kind of like, oh, this is like 2013 all over again. Sure. <laughs> yeah, because so, it was all the time while I listened to commentary and Mickey was like, there's not, they couldn't pay me enough to get in this type of thing. <laughs> so, get it, we get it, hardcore country, just, just stay away from trains, Miss James. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, yeah, uh, Savannah won. That was, that was, uh, that was good, and, and obviously that, that kind of led into some of the momentum heading into the next match because we know her associate, um, you know, so that that was cool. Yeah, definitely. It was uh, it was a lot of fun, this match, for, and uh, I thoroughly enjoyed it um, for what it was. Um, let's move on then to uh, the next match, which was the final of the Knockdowns Knockout Tournament final. Mercedes Martinez defeated Tasha Steele in 10 minutes and 58 seconds in a very, very good match. I don't think it was as good as the stuff earlier on the show, and I think it was probably Tasha's inexperience at this level that kind of made that the issue. Though yeah. she, she does have an amazing ability to get a crowd to go against her really well. <laughs> you know, they, 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 they like her because she's too good at being heel which is a bit of an impact issue um a lot of the time um but that that is the trouble i think you know impact was the first company to have stands rather than fans like proper stands that will live or die by that company and i think it sometimes hurts the when they have a live audience it sometimes hurts their storytelling because they've got people who will utmost defend their stars to the hilt, despite the fact they're supposed to be bad guys. And I think that's what Tasha is popular because she's really good at what she does, um, which causes a bit of a problem. It's not like New Japan where you can just get away with it by ignoring it. 
they have to admit it because that's the way it works in impact wrestling it's all storyline based whereas because new japan you can have Zack Sabre Jr. be cheered even though he's a complete jerk because that's fine because he's wrestling Tamatonga, who is a proper bad guy. <laughs> and and got to give credence again to that Japanese audience there. The foundation of, of their experiences is respect. Yes. Uh, first and foremost, and a lot of times over here, while respect is in the mix of the soup, a lot of times it's, it's kind of like I, I go... <laughs> What's ever on my brain, I have to get it out, and I have to get it out loud. And I have to get it out loud right now. <laughs> it don't necessarily serve, uh, you know, the best thing specifically when it's coming off on camera at a moment where you're probably, you know, trying to build some tension, you know, it can get kind of awkward. So I definitely get what you're saying. And, and you know, like you said, it, it, there was points in this where you felt like Tasha was trying to kind of find her way a little bit. Um but she definitely like the, the promos before this match was great. They both bomb on the mic. Um, and, and Tasha has very much a demeanor and a swag that even though you want to boo her, you, you kind of cheer for her because she, you know, you want somebody like that to succeed. But uh, yeah, you know, Mercedes, she's just in a class of her own, you know. Uh, yeah. But I, I do think, you know, Tasha did, did hold her own and, uh, you know, like I said, I think this was, again, a great building block for Steels because she's not used to being in this particular, like you said, this is a different, it's on a different level. So, you know, hopefully we get to see her more on this type of level. And we definitely should get to see more of Martinez, who I think after what she had to go through with WWE, that impact, I mean, that NXT stint, which was cool. But like you said, they really didn't give her just due. And they really just spit in her face with that whole um, gimmick when they put on the main roster with that BDSM gimmick, uh, which you you know you might as well call it. So to see her get her. What the, is WWE's deal with BDSM gimmicks? Yeah, I don't, I don't know. Poor, poor Karen Cross. They take took it. Let's be fair. Sex positive here. Nothing wrong with BDSM. That's fine. However. Yeah, but, they seem to be a bit obsessed. Yeah, it's 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 bad. Like we, like you said, we 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 you know um, we don't kink shame her or anything like that. Whatever you're no, into, no, 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 no. yeah, whatever you're into safely, of course. But yeah, she didn't get no, uh, she didn't get a just due to the point where I think she literally asked to be sent back to NXT because she's a smart. <laughs> she you sometimes you can you can see the iceberg before the Titanic goes into it. Um, at a time, and she saw that, and she went back in NXT, but she never really got her proper. So to see her get that on this show, and every sense of the word respect all around, and get that trophy, a quality looking trophy, uh, yes. not an Andre the Giant Memorial type of deal, like this looked like. <laughs> it was, say, it, yeah. I've got to say that the, the the NWA Battle Royal trophy was very nice too. Oh Who yeah. Buying, making wrestling trophies these days. Is doing a good job, but they're not working for WWE. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, still, I still say the best trophy in wrestling is the World Tag League trophies, which is, which of course, World Tag League coming up next month. Um, and I, I'm planning on doing today at the World Tag League, if I can. Doing the G1 nearly killed me, but we'll try again. <laughs> <laughs> It might be this week at the G1. Oh, sorry, this week at the World Tag League. Uh, but it, 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 every couple of days at the World Tag League. 
when I'm awake at the World Tag League, but we'll see what we can do. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> G1, man, I, I wanted to eventually get on with you, but sometimes, like, G1 is one of those things where if you let it get away from you for a couple weeks, it's gone. <laughs> like, a, a couple shows get from under you or get away from you, and that that rabbit is rounding, <laughs> is rounding, and you you about to get lapped. So, yeah. uh, you know, and specifically if you're a person that wants to watch the whole show and doesn't want to nitpick, um, yeah, it's uh, yeah, yeah, but I'm I'm definitely proud of you. You, you definitely you, you hung in there. I, I, Emily Pratt did her piece covering the B B block final and the final night, and it opened with, for those of you who've not been watching, there were 85 wrestling matches. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like oh, good god, yeah, you're the watcher, right? I've watched 85 wrestling matches in the space of three weeks. And I didn't even watch the pre-show stuff. I just watched the actual, like, uh, G1 matches. There's, there's a lot of wrestling in the G1. Um, yeah. But, yeah, anywho. And Kota Bushi get well soon, because that was a foul-looking uh, bump that you took. Um, and hopefully he will be... Well, you know, I have a feeling that probably shouldn't... We shouldn't be talking about this during this, this show, but... I'm, uh, I have to talk. I haven't had a chance to talk to anyone about it. They should, really should not have left him on a show and done the G1 just recovering from aspiration pneumonia. They wanted the red fucking after doing that because it was bound to go wrong in one sense. Um, and I was amazed they got the matches out of him that they did, to be honest with you. But equally, I hope he's better soon and they don't do anything so stupid again. <sighs> Anywho. Um, yes, Mercedes Martinez did win the Knockouts Knockdown Tournament Final in 10 minutes and 58 seconds. She gets a championship shot at the Women's Knockouts Champion. Shall we say what happened at Bound for Glory or not? <laughs> I'm free to. I still had to watch the show, but I'm, I'm you know, I, I can't really be, you know, being told what happened and seeing how it happened is always two different things for me. Well, let's, let's not spoil it for you, Marcus. Let's, let's let you enjoy the moment. Okay, so... He, Mercedes Martinez will take a win over whomever is the Impact Wrestling Knockouts Champion post Bound for Glory, which I presume will be the next pay-per-view. Yeah. Which kind of means that Mercedes Martinez is hanging around, which is no bad thing. Um, also, Lady Frost is hanging around. Um, she's a babyface and new to the company. She's also been working NWA in power as well and did some dark matches for AEW too. There seems to be it's not so much working together with these three companies. It's kind of just like a more of a blanche of women doing stuff uh, for whoever, which I think is no bad thing. The only Ring of Honor seems to have got any exclusivity on anyone at the moment in the women's wrestling, um, but a lot of their talent is a lot younger and isn't as overexposed as the others because they're picking up what's left over, which sounds really harsh, but that's what's happening. But they're having longer matches and they're having good matches as well. You know, that women's title match that we talked about uh, the anniversary show was outstanding work. And, you know, women's wrestling in general is cooking in North America. And a lot of that's down to people like Chelsea Green, who are working everywhere and doing different things in different places. Diana Perrazzo being outstanding. People like Ali Catch doing amazing work on the indies. So, yeah, it's been really cool, I think. Yeah, agreed. I mean, it was it was really cool and, and, and a beautiful thing to see uh, the NWA uh, Empower show empower yes. her show um maybe not the commentary of that particular but the, the matches on top of the bottom, I thought was really good and another great array of talent that they you know to put on i mean melina came out and had a great match with diana 
yeah. uh, stuff like that. And I'm very much looking forward to see what Mickey brings because much like uh, Martinez, um, she got the shaft, really even more so than Martinez because she didn't even get to go to NXT. So <laughs> she got shafted in, in, in multiple ways uh, by that company. So to, to see her really, you know, um, doing her thing and helping out of the, you know, this generation of women with NWA and then getting in the mix herself um, is a, a cool thing to see. Okay, I've got to say the Hex as well, Marty Bell and Sienna, um, or AK-47, Allison K are an outstanding tag team. And I would really like to see them tour those belts into other companies. That would be amazing to see. Because I could see uh, uh, TJ in AEW versus uh, the Hex would be outstanding, I think. As well as um, a couple of teams in Impact Wrestling. That would be really amazing to go with. Yeah, I'm right there with you, man. It's, and then it's also great to see like those two particularly because, you know, I think they're like best friends in real life. Mm. Um, and I think something like that has been such a long time coming uh, for me for Marty Bell because um, she's been working really hard a long time. I mean, going all the way back to when she was in uh, the dollhouse. Yeah. You know, Jade and all of them. So she's been around and doing her thing for a long time. So to see her finally get the championship and you know, with a with a friend like that, and them, and them tearing it up like that, it's it's really well deserved. Definitely. And then we get to our main event of the evening: Decay, Havoc, and Rosemary defeated the influence Madison Rain and Tenniel Dashwood in ten minutes and forty three seconds with a proper tag team main event. When was the last time a tag team title match, a women's tag team title match, main evented a pay per view? I can't remember. But um, no, no, I can't remember because the the women's the the empower it was the it was a women's title match because obviously it was the final of the tournament. Pardon me, but it was um, it was actually the the battle royal that ended up being the main event. Yeah. Um, but yeah, influence and the decay, what an excellent pairing because they are exact opposites. It was a bit like watching the Rockers versus the Heart Foundation, only way different. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, yeah, I appreciate it like you that they closed the show because specifically in this particular form, even though it was, it's a lot of stuff going on on the outside um, as well as inside. Um, but it was cool to see them them close the show. Obviously, you want to close a type of show like this um, with your talent and obviously, you know, have a, a championship match. Um, but just like a, one team against another team, because with the men, it's like, yo, man, like less is more. <laughs> Like, can we oh, just get I, down on one thing, man? I mentioned this the other day on Twitter. I was like, why is every time I turn on Impact Wrestling, there's a three-way tag team title match? And then three teams come out and bumble around in the ring for 15 minutes, and somebody wins with a roll-up. <laughs> and it's like, ah, with a roll-up. <laughs> it's, like, it's like the tag team division has become the knockouts division of seven years, of six years ago, where <laughs> everyone won with a roll-up, where everyone won with a roll-up. Like, like Scott, Scott, I appreciate you, but take the like you're taking the more thing a little too seriously. Like you don't need <laughs> like a one-on-one definitive tag match, one team against another team, um, particularly a, a impact team that are gonna finally bring those freaking belts home. Fingers crossed before I watch Bound for Glory. Um, but yeah, um, so like like I said, it was cool to see. I think you know the the K. Like I said, I love this this new version of Decay and, and stuff they've been able to do. And, and obviously, Madison is a um, 
supplanted herself into the DNA of the company. She's always going to be involved <laughs> some way, shape, or form. Um, and she's always come off as a great person. I, I, I even got a chance to interview her um, a while back. So it was cool. And she's, you know, with Tennille, who, you know, I think their person has really, well, those characters clash well. And obviously Kayla with a K has found his, his uh, thing, if you will, on the show, which we talked about. So, you know, like I said, I think the right team won, and you, you kind of want to finish it. You want to finish your show off, um, you know, with a, like this with your with your uh, people. So, I will say the the review on Cage Match for this show was seven point six four, which was higher than any of the matches on the show, which kind of gives you an idea of how well rounded the whole show was. People preferred the actual card to any of the matches on it which is a good sign in the sense that it told a good story and people felt good about the entire show. I think one of the things that helped that was Mickey James and Vader Scott. Yeah. Vader Scott is the best wrestling commentator in North America right now. She did an incredible job on the women's tag team tournament in AEW last year. Um, she's done an incredible job on a- when AEW have used her. She was great here. She works great commentary. She still wrestles, so she's got that insider knowledge about how to get people over, and she's still on top of that. And so I don't know why more people don't hire her to be a lead announcer. I don't think she's ever going to main event any big shows anywhere, ever. So as she's winding down her career, or even just working on weekends, she is the female Matt Stryker, but she's actually better than Stryker is. In the sense of Stryker still wrestles from time to time. He hasn't retired, retired. But he's great on commentary. Or Scott, Vader Scott is like perfect commentary material and she is really really good and she's likable which is what you want in a babyface lead commentator and mickey james was a perfect foil for her because this show wasn't about getting heel heat on everything it was about like making things work out um and that was really cool no um, I mean, yeah and and, to, and and you know um compliments to you because when you when james endorses a, a woman that's a real endorsement because he takes women's wrestling severely seriously Mm-hmm. So, and he says she's like, <laughs> just like that's that's a that's a big thing. So big ups to Vader Scott. I was kind of familiar with her with Ring of Honor, but hadn't seen too much of her since. And mm-hmm. uh, I didn't know how I was gonna feel honestly with her on commentary. I was kind of letting the, the the night wind down to, to kind of see ultimately. But I thought, like you said, hun, the James class well, and, and the James credits as well. Obviously, she had a, a job to do as well. And obviously, when it came to the Deanna of it all, she let her feelings be known, but not so much that it took away yeah. uh, from, you know, like like she was trying to, like, crap all over the girl. Like, she's very much in the vein of wanting to get these women over and want to have a great overall show, and I think that's what this was, more so than the, the years beforehand. This felt like a thoroughly thought-out, well-intentioned, from every sense of the word, um, well-executed show. Um, that didn't feel like a straight-to-DVD type of deal. I just felt like the show mattered from top to bottom. The people on it mattered. I think this tournament should probably be an annual thing, um, maybe semi-dependent on, but I do think it needs to be continue to be a thing. Um, and it just felt good. I mean, the women were referees. Yeah. Yeah, Melissa uh, Santos, who always delivers. And, uh, yeah, I, I do think this needs to be a consistent thing. You know, this is really, it's really uh, well-executed. Yeah, I think so too. I think it's, um, you know, and the refereeing standard was really high too. Um, I can't remember who the referees were. Let's see if there's any names on there I don't recognize. They haven't listed the referees. That's unfortunate. 
But I think, you know, Aubrey Edwards has done an incredible job on AEW of like being a high profile female referee over the last two years that's really kind of shown up. But, you know, uh, there's plenty of women referees in WWE as well, but I don't know because I don't watch the product, but no one knows because no one ever mentions their name. (laughs) But Aubrey's an outstanding referee. And I think, you know, with her in place as a senior referee in AEW, not the senior referee, but a senior referee in AEW, uh, has done like the serious taking women seriously an awful lot of good. Um, and the company's grown an awful lot as well in that time period with her growing up with the company. So that's been really, really cool. Um, one thing that before we finish up, I'll ask you this first. What's your final thoughts on uh, Knockouts Knockdown as an overall pay-per-view? I dug it. I dug it. I hope going forward, if they do this again, like I said, if they, if they don't do it annually or they do it like every other year, something like that, that all the shows are this well thought. I do think that the the sentiment behind what they wanted to do for Daphne really helped out the show a lot as well, um, because obviously everybody wanted to deliver. And it was great seeing like like the armbands um, that everybody yeah. And everything and I, and I really do think they you know because that, that was the sentiment they wanted to do Daphne uh justice Gail Kim said that at the end of the night and I think they did do that like I said it was great to see because when something like that happens it affects everybody um and, and another note I think um the the initiative of tag me in was really great to see um they did a visual package showing a bunch of wrestlers from Chris Jericho DDP um you got an out of character Rosemary um, and a lot of others just talking about like you know I, you know what you see me doing on TV as a character and whatnot, but I do suffer from you know anxiety, depression, suicidal thoughts, this that and have you, and, and just telling people you know if you're going through that you know tag me in, hit us up, you know because ultimately you know we see so much in the industry, but it really is a community, you know yeah. it happens, you know uh, everybody's affected because everybody goes through it. You know whether they say it or not. So you know that was that was also cool to see. So I hope that initiative stays strong. Um, and like I said, I, I think this was a really solid show. Probably the best knockdown that they've done. Mm. This other ones just felt like something they they made themselves obligated to do, and they'd have women come in and be on the show, but nothing really felt like it. Uh, you know, happened or, or would come from it post that. And this move felt like like keeping somebody like Mercedes around, offering. Uh, Slamovich a contract, like you said, keeping Lady Frost around, like stuff like that um, is what these shows should be about. So, yeah. It feels like momentum. Yeah. That's, that's the thing. It feels like a part of the impact story, which it should do, whereas previous shows, I mean, you're like the 2016 show was during the, oh, we've got a bunch of wrestlers, let's have a bunch of matches era and then try and tape a TV show based around it. Yeah. Um, which was no good for anybody. That was the the how um, that was the tournament they used to do the Bound for Glory tournament. What was it called? The BFG series. BFG series. Yeah, the BFG series where they had everybody wrestle everybody. Yeah. But there was a for the Impact Wrestling Championship, and it was like one of those things, and it was it was fairly dreadful. <laughs> but you know, it it it. The, the 2013 was a kind of more considered show. It had kind of like more booking ideas behind it. And this one felt a lot more like this one. It yeah. felt, but this one feels better than they did because it feels like you've got a consistent idea of where the company wants to go with the knockout division. 
and that's and they've got some big names. I'll be honest, you know, Jordan Grayson and, and Mickey James and Diana Perazzo and Chelsea Green and Rosemary are the biggest names in that company. They're the ones I watch the show for. I don't watch it for the guys. You know, as much as there's some cool guys on that show, I'm not interested anymore. I'll watch it for the women. I don't really watch it for the men at all. If they could do two, two separate shows, like the first hour will be the men, and then the second hour will be the women. And you'll know just to switch on at the right time. <laughs> I, I can't, I can't, you, you know, it, it's hard to argue that because, you know, how much you like somebody isn't necessarily indicative of their level of star power as a character on the show. So while I, you know, feel feel like Mac and Swan should have been tag champs by now. Yeah. Or definitely rooting for, for um, Trey Miguel to come out um, a BLG is a new X Division champion because I feel like it's something he's really been working towards specifically after the breakup with the Rascals um, and some other names here and there. Um, and, and I just think people feel a way about um, guys like Moose and, and, and Big Cass uh, or Morrissey in general because of uh, outside stuff. Like outside of Alexander, and obviously I'm a big Edwards fan, uh, you know, that, like you said, Deanna is the is the uh, the Mercedes emblem on the car, you know. Yeah, that's it. You know, she's she's Antonio Niki, she's Jared Baba, she's Tatsumi Fujinami, she's the whole coach. Uh, you got to like, mention that. That's, that's it. She's it. You know, that's that's why I watch wrestling. That her right there. I will watch that woman wrestle from Newt Dawn to dusk every day if I had to. Let's kick off at the AEW chat, shall we? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> oh God! Right. And yeah, we. So, um, where was we? Right. This was announced. We're not going to talk about Bound for Glory because Marcus hasn't seen it. We haven't seen it, and probably a lot of you won't have seen it yet because it happened on a Saturday, which is a bit weird. Um, but there you go. But one of the news stories that announced before uh, Saturday's show was that the the rumor is. This is yet to be confirmed by other parties that the AW talent swap agreement is over for now and the forbidden door has been shut, as they say. Uh, how do you think that's going to affect the company going forward, Marcus? Uh, for me personally, I don't necessarily seem to have the biggest negative effect because as we've talked about on, on previous shows, it's felt like AEW has gotten more out of the partnership and um, then, then impact is because it felt like, like they was like... Dealing with impact when when it was convenient for him and certain obligations here and there in certain instances, but it you know impact kind of needs to get back to themselves and get on their own. And if this that knockouts knockdown is any indication, they can you know facilitate a lot of scenarios to bring in quality talent and hopefully um, you know bring them in to sign. Um, and they can do that on their own steam. So um, AEW is going to do their own thing. They're continuing to grow and then hopefully impact does as well. But yeah, that 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 relationship felt more convenient and beneficial to AEW. So um, while I do think there could have been some potential for the women, again, you know, it felt like more of an obligation at times where the, that forbidden door could have been opened more if they had, uh, I guess, maybe even looked at Impact as an equal and not somebody they may have been doing a favor to. Yeah, I think that's that's the issue. You know, it's like. Uh, Jordan Grace talked an awful lot about it. She wanted to see Deanna Carrazzo versus Britt Baker, and I think we all would have seen that. That would have been fantastic. But if it's not going to happen, it's not going to happen. Um, 
And I think that's the issue as well, isn't it? It's it's like AAA treat them as an equal impact wrestling. But even AAA treat AEW as this mega place, possibly because the lead booker of AAA wants to jump with AEW. Um, but it doesn't seem to be like New Japan's deal with Impact is is very reciprocal. In fact, the sense of like they're sending big stars and, and they're getting a lot out of it. Whereas, you know, yeah, AEW, not quite so much as far as like the relationship with Impact. New Japan and AEW, that's two equally sized companies. Oh, well, AEW kind of have a little reverence for New Japan, but it does feel like things aren't working out the way that they should for Impact Wrestling as far as their use of talent with AEW is concerned. The one little taster we got was Thunder Rosa versus Diana Perazzo, which I think, oh, that would be nice to have seen a bit more of, I think. Yeah. Yeah, it's... um. But there we are. And uh, that pretty much wraps up our coverage of um, yeah, Knockouts Knockdown from Impact Wrestling there. Uh, next week, we'll be looking at wrestling with people. I don't know what yet. Because Ichiki Ricardo won the G1 Climax tournament, and he's carrying a big black belt that says IWGP Heavyweight Champion on it, which means I'm a very, very happy man. And I think we might be talking about what's going on in New Japan, because there's well <laughs> there's a bunch of stuff and it seems compelling to talk about it uh, there's probably a big show that they've got coming up sometime soon i think they're doing a baseball stadium again somewhere um but yeah oh, oh yeah that's it the max you've got announced today tama tonga versus kazuchika Ricardo for the right to challenge the for the world heavyweight championship that shingo's got at wrestle kingdom you know the other belt um and a called Despy versus Robbie Eagles and uh, Kanemura and uh, Despy versus Robbie Eagles and Tiger Mask for the tag team titles. This has all got to happen not on the same night, I don't think. <laughs> Very different nights. There's plenty going on with New Japan. So we'll probably be talking about that. Marcus, where can we find you on the internet, sir? Yeah, you can find me on Twitter, always down to chat with, with uh, nice, sensible people, as obviously the true audience is with anybody else. Uh, as well, you can hit me up at uh, Paradox Kid. That's P A R A D O X K I D. That's the first rule of the Trooping Show: is be nice to Marcus. Uh, but yeah, you can find me at Sheriff Lone Star. You can find the show face uh, on. <laughs> you can find the show at Twitter. Let's try that again. You can find us on Twitter at Troopany Show. You can find us on Facebook at The Troopany Show and on Patreon where you can keep the Troopany Show free forever for everyone. Um, And please do, because there's loads of things we want to talk about. Uh, Despite the fact we've had seven years of talking about wrestling and me and Marcus have been doing it for all of those seven years. Um, We still find always finding new stuff. We haven't done a history episode in over a year just because there's been too much new wrestling to talk about. Which will tell you how hot wrestling is right now. Yeah. That's that, you know, there's so much wrestling to watch out there. And we've covered Ring of Honor, we've covered Impact Wrestling, we've covered um, New Japan Pro Wrestling, DDT, Noah, Tokyo Joshi Pro. Um, who else have we covered? Uh, GCW. There's like seven or eight companies we've looked at regu- on a regular basis over the last two or three years we will get back to the history stuff we know you like the history stuff it's just there's just too much stuff to talk about oh triple a we talked about them as well eight <laughs> yes so it's it's just that there's too much cool stuff going down that's why we talk about the modern stuff because that's where we're at right now but again thank you very much for listening to the show this week and we'll speak to you soon 
Bye.